0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. Today, joining me is singer and actress, Miss Connie Jackson. You've seen her all over your television, but she's best known for her role as Elaine on NCIS. Connie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hello, Melinda! Yay! So fun to get to talk to you.
0: I know, I'm so excited. Connie and I met a few years ago, and we were singing background for uh, a performer named Joseph Leobari, and I've never laughed so much. (laughs) In an experience because there was one song we just really didn't quite know the words to and we were looking at each other's mouths to guide the other person and then it was just a fail. And then I knew from that moment I was like this one's gonna be my life forever because it was just (laughs) we bonded.
1: (laughs) That was an epic fail. Epic. And I was like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it.
0: I, love it. I love it. <laughs> so another another connection that we have, you know, I I consider Chicago my second home. And I know you're from there. And I was there for for three years when John was at law school, at University of Chicago. And I'm just diving right into this conversation because even before we, we started this podcast, I told you I was like, I, I got some fuel um, from some attacks on TikTok. But also I hear this argument often. And with you being from Chicago, I really want to know your views and experiences because i get so exhausted hearing the argument of you know why you know black lives matter but you're not doing anything about this black on black crime in quotes i'm putting Um, because Mm -hmm. Black-on-Black crime is not a thing. Why does nobody care about the Black-on-Black crime in Chicago? Why does nobody care about the crime in Chicago? And the thing that's so funny is, like, one, that's such an old, irrelevant, invalid argument. Two, people do care about the crime in Chicago. There are organizations that are working, and nobody likes to see the crime. But I will say this, and I don't know if this is what you're going to say. My argument is this, and while I don't condone gang activity, I don't condone murder in any sense, you will never in your life see a black gang member just walk into a nail salon, just walk into a movie theater, just walk into a mall and shoot walk into a school and shoot a bunch of people that they do not know. That that's just not going to happen. That is not what gang activity is. And again, like I said, I'm not I'm not in the gang culture. It's not something nope. I I'm, I'm for. I I don't believe in taking anybody's life. However, the argument I will make is that gangs keep it in house. They do. If they have a personal problem with you, that's what it's going to be. They are not going to go into random places and just kill people they don't know. And that is an issue that we're talking about. And then we talk about police brutality, it's just how Black people are treated. So I've been on my soapbox. I'm stepping (laughs) off. I'm putting you on it. I want to know, since you have been from Chicago, what have been your views in regards to that?
1: Well, it's funny because I've now lived in California longer than I lived in Chicago Mm. now but my family is all still there i have a niece who is actually a chicago police officer having to deal with all of this as a black female cop um but like i said chicago has definitely changed since i was there yeah um and and what i've the last time i went back was maybe four years ago and i started when you start getting the warnings from people that live there. Cause I'm I'm that girl that would jump on the train and go back to my old neighborhood and all of that kind of stuff because I still have, you know, friends and stuff. But it came when I said I was coming there and I'm, you know, was going without a car. It came with the warnings of, oh, well, you know, you can't go, you can't just jump on the train like you used to and ride back mm. to the neighborhood. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, people are getting mugged on the trains. It just all kinds of things happening on the trains. And you know, I'm not afraid of my people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm. I'm. I'm afraid of violence and stuff. But right, I'm not right, afraid right, of right. my people. But, but according to everybody that lived there, I mean, I got the warning. Everybody I spoke to said, "Well, you know, you can't do." It. And these people have lived there their entire lives. Right. Right. We used to take the train with me <laughs> on my adventures? <laughs> so, I mean, it comes with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah and i'm I also get the um perspective from my niece who's living it mm-hmm. um you know, because without saying t- you know they are not really supported the according to her, they are not really supported by their mayor. They're working without mm. contracts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. okay, that said, yeah, exactly um. Aside from the, I remember in the old in the old days with the random, as far as like random gang violence, there were the drive-bys where you shoot an EP at a house thinking you're gonna get the guy, but you end up shooting a family that for ha- sure, right? For sure, but they are. Yeah, I agree. There's not the random. I'm gonna walk into this church and shoot a bunch of people because I don't because like I had them. a bad day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And the bad day guy, you saw that he had a bunch of T-shirts that he was selling that said China virus. So hello. Yeah. Yeah. It all. I'm just tired of the excuse. It all makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that people don't realize how much there's double standards. People don't realize the white privilege behind it. And I just don't know how many more examples we need. But I just I feel like I always hear the Chicago argument. It's like, do you have anything else? (laughs) Do you have anything else besides that?
1: You know, mm-hmm. you can
0: look at it and see the discrepancies. You can look at it and see the differences, right? And it's it's frustrating, you know. It's and you you mentioned this even when I interviewed you for Black Voices Heard. You know just how young white males that end up killing people for no reason, how they're portrayed in the media,
1: Oh gosh, how yes. they're
0: coddled, how they're
1: protected. And you and, all of a sudden remember how quickly you see that college picture of them with a suit and tie on. Absolutely. Whereas what their goals were, what their dreams and okay. aspirations were.
0: Like, <laughs> like, I don't care about his dreams. He killed people. Like,
1: Whereas when it's a black perpetrator or somebody that just, you're, you know, look at Breonna Taylor. She was sleeping. Yeah crying out loud looking you know um and there's the excuse for the white perpetrators is oh well you know there's an excuse for the black people is well why didn't they just do what the police said yeah and that doesn't even come into play when obviously you're sleeping and you 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 just get shot in your sleep so uh,
0: yeah but you also have situations like Philando Castile
1: did everything the
0: police said. Exactly. So it's like.
1: But that doesn't matter. Yeah,
0: exactly. I can't even take that as an excuse because you see that even when you comply, there's this fear on the other end for no reason. No. Because it's it's a narrative of of fear that's been painted for for way too long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Decades.
1: The black people were going to start this race war when really. Who goes into whose neighborhoods or who, go? you know, come on. Um, I knew we were in trouble a few years ago when there was that video of the little girl, that cop on top of that little black girl mm. in her little bathing suit. And I can't imagine how scary that was for her. But when I heard grownups on Facebook threads and things going, well, she should have just done. What, it's like if that were if that child, that image were of a little girl with blonde hair with a big old cop, no matter what color he was. Manhandling her. With her face down on a lawn and she's scared. I mean, adu- I know adults would be scared in that situation. Right. right. I would. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and. I love that you say that because one of my favorite scenes in a movie, and I'm sure, you know, in a time to kill at the end, when Matthew McConaughey is painting the picture of what happened to this little black girl. And then he stuns everybody says, now imagine if, that child were white. And then of course Samuel Jackson walks free because you have to somehow gain that empathy from people for them to realize this is exactly how you would react if it were a white child. But it's unfortunate that you have to do that yep. to get people to care. Yeah. It's like children are the wrong color for you, really? Like yeah. an innocent child that you have to imagine that they're white for you to care about them. Yeah. That that's the thing that frustrates me. It yeah. really, really frustrates me.
1: Yeah. Um, I I remember somewhere, uh, even if you're talking about somebody had done a thing that had little white kids, it was a, an artist who had done this, this uh, exhibit exhibition, just to make a point. And he had little white blonde kids in cages, mm. there, mm. and, I, and just the outrage, you know, like, oh, that does put a different face on it. And why? A child is a child a human is a human. Why? Yeah. You know, so I think there's a lot of excusing going on just in different parts of life. I mean, you know, you've, we all have friends on Facebook who, (laughs) friends that we love, but they have that one friend that chimes in on the post. And you're like, why are you friends with this? person?" And you're like, your friend is a racist. Right. Right. Or your friend's is, friend is a sexist jerk yeah. or and it what it what do you always hear. Oh, but he's a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, but he's, you know, I've known him forever. Well, you've known a racist forever. <laughs> and you know, it, it people talk about cancel culture. I'm I'm all for canceling racists. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, I've even said that to people on their threads. It's like, "You know what? Your friend worth nothing is, is <laughs> you do see what your friend is saying happily
0: on your post right i just and had that's that situation up to you the other day and someone called out my friend who he basically and and then he apologized for it but he basically was like you know he's like we, we need to we don't have to be nice but we should be kind to each other and blah, blah 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 and someone else was like are you literally asking us to be kind to your racist friends that are mm-hmm. on this thread saying like no no and then he realized what he had done and then he apologized and he's like you're right you shouldn't have to be kind to this person I'm sorry and I'm like well I'm glad that you realize it but I always use this phrase I always say oppressors always want civility and that's exactly what it is because yep. when the minute any person of color you know starts to rise up or speak their mind or fight back then it's like whoa 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 why why are you getting so upset why are you acting like this It's like but do you not see what you just said mm-hmm. do you not see what you're allowing this person to say we're never allowed to speak up because that just keeps Perpetuating that narrative that we're the aggressors, we're the bad people, we're this, we're that. It's, it's, and Facebook has just exasperated that, Ooh. obviously, because everybody with a keyboard or two <laughs> thumbs for Twitter, like they oh have an opinion God. about something and they can just say whatever they want. They would never say any of that stuff to our faces, though. Exactly. Ever, because they're ever. quote unquote afraid of us.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're so threatening. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's true. It's kind of like, it's that thing where we're starting to get to where people are speaking up. Mm -hmm. whether you're being sexually harassed at work, there's got to be that person that'll stand up for you or stand up to that person and say, you know, that wasn't right. What you just said to her. Right. Or what did you say? Right. (laughs) You know, you have to, it's kind of like clicking people getting their attention and going you. And sometimes all it takes is a look. Yeah. You know, um, to, because it's never pointed out. People are too uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's time for people to get uncomfortable because Absolutely. it's not going to be cute so at all. <laughs> for anything to change, it's you're going to have to just be uncomfortable with what I said, just said to you.
0: <laughs> so so you've worked in the industry for such a long time. How often do you feel like you've had to have those uncomfortable conversations with people?
1: I haven't... I haven't within
0: the industry specifically. I know I'm industry, sure outside, but within the industry. Within
1: the industry, I haven't
0: oh that's well that's encouraging
1: (laughs) i no, i really haven't i mean you know you can tell i mean yeah no i've been very very lucky uh fortunate i'd say um the only time (laughs) you know how there's the big thing about having when black women going on sets now and you know, not having anybody that really knows what to do with their hair or, or their makeup, yeah, or, right. Um, I've been very fortunate makeup wise because it's only happened to me once where I was like, mm. where actually someone grabbed me on the way to set because this is one of those moments where I had, I full on had a picture of what I looked like the day before, but it was a different person doing me, mm. the other person couldn't be there. I looked like I was and it was a period piece, but I was a nurse. I looked like I was getting ready to go to the disco. Oh she head. had I mean, I was done, like my shift is gonna be over and I'm gonna hit the club after that
0: is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you were like, mm. someone so someone stopped you and they were like So mm.
1: I was like, after I had shown her the picture and said, This isn't what I looked like yesterday, you can only I don't I don't fight that battle in a in a harsh way. I was like, I'm going to go on out here. Somebody's going to stop me. Right, right. Sure enough, one of the other wardrobe, one of the other makeup artists went, I'm going to tone this down a little bit. Good. And I, but I was like, but did anybody ever say to her? Right. But I've been lucky as far as like having to deal with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've been lucky enough to work with, respectful people mm-hmm. that hasn't come up or, you know, it's never been an uncomfortable thing, you know, so. But that's and, late, good. and lately it's been really great because pretty much everything I've been work, worked on lately. I mean, there's women directors, there's very diverse crews and hair and makeup people. I was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when did there- it
0: change for you then? Because you have worked in the industry for such a long time. So when did you start seeing the shift of there being more diversity around you? Cause it clearly has been a long time coming, but it it's been like a long a time reason. coming,
1: but when you, there are those sets where you're like, oh, there's the other one black person or there's the one other person <laughs> right. of color. Right. But I have to say it really happened. I especially noticed it when I did, and that's just been recently, like within the last like few years, mm-hmm. like within the last five years. Because I, um, shows like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, sad that that's gone, but their crew was everybody under the sun. Um, You know, NCIS has a very diverse, you know, and it's, I've just been lucky. And I think because now that a lot of shows like Snowfall and all these other ones, um, because there are, predominantly black people in those shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I hate to call they're not, I don't like the term calling shows a black show or this, cause that's not what it is. Right. Got black people in it. Right. You don't right. call white shows, white shows. Right. <laughs> you know, but I think that has, has come, you know, come into play is where the, where the crew and stuff is more diverse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's really nice when that happens. Yeah. You know, I want to uh, kind of build on what you just
0: said, because you know, we do get all black cast classified as a black show. Now, granted, there are cultural things that are different with right. you know, for us. There are things that we laugh about, there are things that we've grown up with that you know, all around you know black culture we can agree with. I mean, on Twitter, like they, they had one question I was like dying is like, what is a toothbrush used for? Is it for your teeth or is it for your edges? And everyone was like, Your edges, like you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it's things like that. Like everybody, every black person in America knows like a toothbrush, <laughs> you have an extra toothbrush for something else, right? But I think the problem is is that for some reason, when you have all black cast, you just think you're not gonna be able to relate to it. And it's like, but we're humans. We go through love, we go through heartbreak, we go through families, like it's just a different color skin. So there's, and then there's an expectation of us. And I always use like the friends and living single example. There was an expectation growing up that I watched friends, but there was never the expectation for people to watch living single Mm -hmm. ever. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't watch Friends. I didn't watch Friends until I was I in my late either. 20s.
1: I probably saw two episodes of Friends.
0: Yeah, and and it was, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I loved Living Single, too. Now, I can ask probably 80% of my white friends now if they ever have seen an episode of Living Single. And they'll mm-hmm. be like, what's that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, no, yeah. I never watched that. But right. if I say I never saw Friends, I'll be like, what? What? you seen Friends? Like, but why, why is that expected? You know, they... The, the shows were similar in, in, time, were in terms of similar. content, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the the type of characters they had, the situations yep. they went through. So why? It just people get mad at I said when I say this, but whiteness is always the default, right? It's right. what's normalized. It's it what, is the default. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily always connect to whiteness, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like so, I even just seeing. An all black cast. I know we don't want to call it a black show, mm-hmm. but I I view it as a black show because I'm like, oh yes, you know, people that look like me that are going through the same things as me, they're right. going through the same things as characters on friends, but they look like me. So I know right. that my experience is validated in a sense.
1: I know exactly yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But the default is white. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's just in that's in life. It yeah. it just is. In I everything. Mean, when we're right. just now getting nude nude pantyhose that are <laughs> to, I literally like just talked about finally that. came. yeah when, nude is now has a color that's my kind of nude
0: it's, it's crazy though <laughs> I remember in college like when I was doing musical theater and they'd be like oh make sure you have nude pantyhose and I'd always be the one that'd be like who's nude who's nude and you <laughs> would be like I'm Melinda it's like I was being serious like who's nude like you're nude or my nude because my
1: nude doesn't really exist it doesn't you know? exist it, it didn't exist until I mean ballerinas just now got toe shoes that are chocolate you know that was a story I a story from what just like two years ago yeah it was very recent very yeah. recent and people
0: don't realize things like that like that's what when we talk about white privilege those are the type of things like you were privileged. we're still
1: having firsts we're still having crazy? firsts when you're not having firsts when you look at anything the first White, black, this, the, it had, the first uh, Native American, this, the first this. Mm-hmm. How many times do you hear the first white, <laughs> this? I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, it, that's it's a gotta really be great weird point. as a kid. I mean, you know, cause I grew up when I, you know, there were no black dolls. There were no, there was none of that stuff. I was that girl that still did the thing like Whoopi Goldberg did when I wanted long, luxurious hair. I hung a shirt and I right. swung my long, luxurious <laughs> hair. But, but there we are still at this day and time in 2021 still having firsts and i'm talking on simple way stuff way. simple wow. stuff first like pantyhose <laughs> first.
0: but like seriously like like pantyhose why is it that this is the first time that black people have pantyhose and bras and underwear that are they that are our shade our
1: shade yeah yeah I mean, whenever I see things, I I clap my hands for that first, that first person that, you know, whatever, and you just kind of go, we've been around for a long time for this to just be a first week. Yeah. And there's first happening right now somewhere, you know, it's like.
0: Like, I'm not surprised that we are just now having the first woman vice president, let alone woman of color vice president, but Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm like, really? Like they weren't even ready, <laughs> weren't even ready for Hillary. <laughs> they weren't. That's what's kind of funny. Like you weren't even ready for they a white even woman. Ready for, so yeah, so. I'm still shocked for this to be. But yeah, I. God, that's such a good point. I haven't even thought about that. That we're still first. having first within like the marginalized group communities. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to a point when it's just it's it is normal? It's like, oh, okay, there's a black woman there or there's a gay man there or there's a Native American or there's an Asian American. Do you ever think it will not be focused on those labels?
1: In this country, because it's still being taught, it's still being taught. You you see these little kids out and with their parents who are screaming bloody murder and Mm. at people that they, I will never understand Hating somebody you don't know about. Hating somebody because of the color of their skin, you know nothing about character or anything like that, and you don't care to know. Mm -hmm. Um, I get it if somebody's had some kind of a thing, altercation, What you can call it whatever you will. But I mean, my dad grew up in, we've talked about this. My father grew up in the South, mm-hmm. the deep South, my parents, and they were born when they didn't have any rights. Mm-hmm. So when, I, if my father were spewing hateful stuff, I'd be like, okay, I, okay. You've seen family members dragged in the square. You've seen all of that stuff, but they didn't teach us that. He embraced my white friends when they came to the house he embraced everybody because they're my friends yeah but i knew i knew deep down inside but did you ever see the chris rock sketch it wasn't even a sketch he does this routine about this little guy named willie and willie shines shoes at the train station or whatever and he's like hey yes sir mr so-and-so yeah how you doing he goes you know you know that willie hates you <laughs> my 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 dad was a nice was a good guy but but he had gone through the stuff he'd gone through he had his opinions about things that i was like who dad wow but he didn't teach us to hate somebody right
0: right that's how my dad was too and i remember because we grew up in santa barbara and i always was like if you hate white people so much why did you move us here (laughs) Like, (laughs) like this is the whitest town but As I grew older and got to, you know, have more conversations with him and then just be more aware Mm -hmm. of how race plays a factor in the world. I completely understood it was him being protective because he didn't want his daughters to experience and feel because he grew up in Mississippi. So Mm. you already know, right? he didn't want his daughters to experience and feel what he did growing up. And like, I even interviewed him for black voices heard. And, you know, he broke down crying, talking about one memory that he had. And I think that's the other thing is that people don't realize how deeply rooted some of that racial trauma is for that generation. Oh yeah. You know? So when you hear these like, Oh, slavery was this, it's like slavery was not the only thing that happened to black people. First of all. So I definitely don't know what history book you're reading, but also when like this stuff was like 60 years ago, that's in your lifetime that is in my parents' lifetime you know what I mean so of course it's going to still affect them I was born in 1960 like you can't tell people to get over that stuff you know I mean my god so and I always joke it's like yes remember 9-11 but forget everything else (laughs) that's how this country operates you know and it's like no black people have the right to still be affected by these things. And and knowing that my parents went through those things, it affects me. And I'm obviously going to teach my daughter everything, but it's, it's difficult to, to, to try to get out of that, that right. pain. So I understood my dad, the older I got because I just like hated white people. And I'm like, oh, it's not that he just hates white people. It's mm-hmm. like, this is his lived experience. He lived that and stuff, And he wants yeah. to make sure that any white person that comes into my life is not going to treat me the way that he was treated. Right. So I get it now. I totally get it. But I mm-hmm. still don't know why they moved us to Santa Barbara because, <laughs> like, <laughs> come on.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for you, though, do you feel like, seeing a lot of this injustice I know even though we are you know we're having more conversations about it but it is kind of oversaturating social media because we have social media
1: do you feel like that ever plays a or takes a toll on your mental health as a black oh, woman just as a as a black as a person I just it's so I mean when you see that we're having issues that my father used to talk about from like the 40s yeah you know when they started finding random people, uh, black men hanging from trees. Yeah. This is 2020, 2021, and I remember my father telling me this stuff happened to him in the 40s. So yeah. it's kind of like good grief, gang. I mean, come on. I mean, my, I. There were times when I would when when Barack Obama got nominated. I mean, got um, was voted uh, elected as president. I remember thinking, gosh, I wish my parents had lived to see this. Mm. And now I'm like, thank God they're dead. This would kill them because it's reliving everything. It's everything they came through happening all over again. You know, people being hunted on the streets. You can't go jogging and you get shot. You can't do anything. Nothing. And nobody's and nobody is paying for that. Nobody is being punished for murdering people. Mm -hmm.
0: That's Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah.
1: Um, It's very disheartening. Um, I've gotten to a point where I'm, I said this to somebody the other day. I said, I will always keep fighting, but I'm tired of teaching. Mm. I'm tired. Mm. Because there's way too much evidence. There's way too much information to show Why do you still doubt this? And you can still say, well, why didn't they just stop and do what they said? And you're watching people who actually are stopping and doing what they said. There's free information. That's the other thing. Exactly. Google this. (laughs) We have computers in our pockets with our little phones. And if you can look up how to make that cake off a Great British Baking Show, you can look up. (laughs) You can dive a little deeper with some other stuff too. It's all there. They'd rather bake the cake because it's (laughs) easy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that out the way. That's the cake is a lot easier and you enjoy it.
1: I know, you right? Isn't that hard? There's no
0: guilt involved, right? Well, a little,
1: a little <laughs> but it's a good guilt, right? It's a good but, guilt, but that's what it is. I, that's what it but is. But I, that's what's disheartening is is I've, people aren't listening. Yeah. And it's now in your face. Um, you know, I always try to set, well, no, I don't. I was going to say, there are times where I used to always say that Instagram is my happy place with the pretty pictures and stuff because I need that because Facebook has become such a quagmire yeah, yeah. of opinion and misinformation and just blatant. I mean, you know, all of just everything. So I, I pop on and do whatever, maybe do a post or something, and then I'm like, out! right? Because I've gotten to the point where I don't want to debate because there's stuff that people want to debate on, and I'm like, it's look at it, it's it's black, no pun intended. It's black and white. It's just yeah. it's in front of you, a guy. Jo- it's on video. How do you watch <laughs> that stuff? I still can't watch the George Floyd thing. I I no I I don't, I,
0: I, I
1: I won't. Yeah. I I I've heard the audio, and that's all I need to hear. It that man suffered. Um, and I just don't understand as humans, no matter what color you are, I don't understand as humans, how you can kneel on somebody and you can, you can't tell me, you can't feel the life draining out of that man yeah, or that person or, or, yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't understand how anybody can watch that. Nope. And the choice that you make after seeing it is to figure out a way to vilify him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what makes me sick. Like this man, literally, like you said, the life was just being drained out of him. Mm-hmm. And your go-to is to say, well, what did he do? Like, well, what is well, and, his and- life? How can it- we make him look like a bad person so that this is okay?
1: Well, and that's happening now with the shooting uh, Uh, of the spa in Atlanta. Yeah, now all of a sudden I'm seeing, oh, there was illicit sex and stuff. It's like, I don't care if they were shooting. I don't care what was happening. That did not warrant some, some person did not have the right to walk in there and end these people's lives. But it's to to cast cast aspersions on the victims. Mm -hmm. You know, but you're, you're okay with the guy that walked in with a gun and killed all these people in cold blood. Because he had a bad who, day. Who walked? Yeah, who walked away without a scratch, mind yeah, you. Yeah. But nobody's go, Well, what did he do? Well, no, you don't. It's radio silent on that stuff. <sighs> and it doesn't matter what what any of them do. The murder, the killers, they're all there. They got their pictures, their mug shots and stuff. Where most of the black people who, you know, was it Eric Garner who was selling cigarettes and yeah, I'm like, really. Really? Really? The littlest infractions get
0: Black people killed. And then when you have white people actually killing people, they get Burger King. They get escorted with no scrap. Like it
1: makes water sick. They get water. They get water. Uh, You know, and it's that's where they get empathy,
0: which is so weird.
1: (laughs) I know. And for how long did we deal with people? And I, I don't agree with any kind of I'm um, you know, I'm a nonviolent kind of person, but sometimes you if you're hey. And <laughs> you. Like, I'll bring it out. Sometimes you gotta, but when people were more upset, and this was after George Floyd and all of this stuff, all of a sudden people were outraged with the looting and all that stuff, which I do not agree with. Right. But they got lumped in with the protesters. Yeah. Instead of calling them protest, they they started calling the protesters lo- or saying that, oh, look at all the looting that the protesters did. Yeah. It's
0: like, no, 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 that wasn't it. There were protesters and there were looters.
1: And there were looters and there were people in disguise as looters with black spray paint on their faces and hoodies. Um, But I found myself, I had to check out a Facebook because there were people just not even considering why people were protesting, it they started to focus solely on the looting. Yeah, which had nothing to do with the protesting. Right, they're destroying our city. Oh, you know, I'm like, oh my god, your city's gonna be fine, um, but he'll never get his life back. Exactly. Exactly. That's what exactly.
0: drives me crazy. Is like, you really can't just take for one second to think about let's say the protesters did start burning buildings and smashing things. You can't think for one second that there's, that you think there's no reason <laughs> whatsoever right. to be that upset that you right. would do that. Again, right. I don't I don't condone it either, but you honestly don't yeah. think that there would be no, there would be no reason to react that way,
1: really? Well, be, well <laughs> because, and also too, going back to what I was starting to say when I was talking about the little girl in the bathing suit, all of this stuff started back then. Well, it didn't start, but it was very evident back then when people were saying, This is wrong. This is this. This is in pointing, black people were pointing out, This is going to lead to da da da. Look where we are. Yeah. Because people were saying, Oh, you guys, that, you're overreacting. That's not what it is. You're, Oh, no, you're just being sensitive. And look where we are trying to have a conversation with people. And people got angry because nobody was listening. Yeah. How do you get people's attention? I mean, you know, Kaepernick got called every name under the sun, but every look, at, name. look at the movement he started. Look at the movement he started. All of a sudden, you know, and it brought the attention because he did it that way. Mm-hmm. And nobody's disrespecting the flag. It wasn't even nobody I don't even. It understand was not about either. the flag, but not one person I've heard talk about. The disrespect of the flag, used in conjunction with the Confederate flag, in the in uh, during the insurrection on the Capitol. They're burning the flag. They were beating cops respect. with those flags. They like, were. They, yeah, talk about desecrating a flag. But they were fighting for their rights, Connie. Okay, the freedom. Yeah. The oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God! And I you know you said something and, and it reminded me. I get so upset when people tell people of color what racism is and that something isn't racism. Do you really not
1: think that we don't know? (laughs) We know. We know all the shades of racism. We know it in every incarnation. Multiple levels. Racism is not just somebody calling you a nigga. Right. It's not. (laughs) It's not. That's actually lazy. That's actually, (laughs) I was going to say that I was just getting ready to say that because I called that yes that's lazy that's you didn't do your homework because you don't realize that doesn't work anymore um it's the sneaky stuff it's this stuff you know I when I remember when I was moving here from Chicago and my friends here in in California were like oh it's so great here and you know, nobody cares about what it's very, you know, liberal and nobody cares what color you are and this and that. And so I'm like, y'all got to figure this stuff out because yes, they do work. That, yes, they do, they do care. <laughs> but it, but I, you know, and so, but we had co- funny conversations about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, really? Because I pointed out to them the stuff that was happening, you know, here when I got here. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh. which they wouldn't have known, right? Because it yeah. wouldn't happen to them. They know they're very, and then talk about becoming hyper aware. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're just, they, yeah, they they are just my best my best friends. But and it's like, yeah, hyper aware. They they know now. They're yeah. really, yeah. They pointed out to me, and I'm like, what, what? <laughs> <I> <laughs> but think it's, a it's, good it's thing perspective. In the yeah, absolutely. It's, you have to you have to understand that you. I don't know everything about everything. You know. There's other black people going through stuff that I don't go through. Right. Still. I just
0: think if someone tells you this is my lived experience, Mm -hmm. you should not in any way, shape, or form
1: tell them no. (laughs) Or discount it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's. Oh, no, you're kidding. No, that didn't happen to you. I'm like, girl, I still get followed around the store. What do you mean? Believe us. Yeah you know and when i say that most of your your black male friends have been fu- have been pulled over by the cops on the way to your dinner party oh no that no they never said anything. no they're not going to talk about it they're not right. going they'll walk in there and pull it together for your party and not bring what just happened to them into your party happens all the time yeah always you know so. i had a friend um um, a white friend asked me about back when all the stuff was going on about canceling uh, the Aunt Jemima stuff and mm-hmm. all of that. And she was like, how do you, and she was honestly asking. And I have no problem with somebody that's actually like, I don't understand what, what does it mean to you? And I said, well, here's the thing, <laughs> you know, and I explained it to her that on that box, Aunt Jemima is a slave. Uncle Ben is working at the plantation. hmm hmm <laughs> Uncle Ben might be wearing a black suit, but you know you pull yeah. back and you, I mean, yeah. And but they're smiling on that right. thing. And I said also, the Aunt Jemima thing was also for little dark girls an insult. It was used as an insult. Little Aunt Jemima looking, na, 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 na. Mm-hmm. and it's not that I thought Aunt Jemima looked bad, but I just you, when somebody says it that way, you're like, oh, they're t-. oh. You knew it wasn't a compliment. It yeah. was not a compliment. No. So, and then all of a sudden people got interested in, well, you know, that woman was such and such, her name was such and such green. I'm like, and you never knew that woman's name until now.
0: Oh child. They, when they started pulling out those facts, I was like, none of you knew this. You are just trying to justify it. And it honestly, if a, a black woman that is dressed like a mammy, on a bottle Ugh. of syrup is what defines your childhood then you had a boring ass childhood like <laughs> it's like come on you did not yeah. care about this before yeah yeah no it's
1: so oh, true and just remember I used to I used to do the blues brothers show up at universal studios mm-hmm. and like barely weeks before we were supposed our show was over and they were closing the show and we were going to be out of a job i remember i used to have to wait at the in the out in the audience, like behind the audience, to make an entrance, um, to go up and sing with the Blues Brothers, and so I'm st- and I was wearing a little pink waitress outfit, and um, and you know just hanging out, and then this guy walks up to me and he goes, "Who are you supposed to be, Aunt Jemima?" <gasps> yes, he yes. So without missing a beat, I just kind of stared at him, and I went, and I got up and I kind of walked up to him and squared up squarely. And I was like, really? Aunt Jemima. (laughs) Because a lot of times at theme parks, the characters are not allowed to talk back or do whatever, but I'm not in a fuzzy suit, so.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to talk back.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to talk back. Because he was being, trying to be funny, Mm -hmm. I knew. But the minute I squared up to him and said that his face completely changed because he was about to get called on it and he Mm -hmm. didn't. That's not what he was expecting. And I just went. Aunt Jemima, really? Do I look like Aunt Jemima? Oh, I I was just, mm -mm, and I walked away. Mm -hmm. And then he came back around trying to, so how how long is the park open? And I just stared at him. (laughs) He never came back. I never saw him again. We used to always see like people, (laughs) I never saw him again for the rest of the day because I had to let him know Uh, because that that was not okay. And
0: it's those microbes. And I knew, and and the way- Daily
1: lived experience. That's exactly it, exactly. He thought he was just gonna be able to say that and keep pressing. And I was like, no, not today. It's cause I also got to wear sunglasses. So I had my shades on and I was just looking at him. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the nope, type nope, of racism nope. we're
1: talking about. Exactly. Those that little sneaky things. stuff, yeah. the little digs. You know, I personally don't consider Aunt Jemima an awful thing, it's just what it represented. It For came sure, to represent right. and all of that, you know, For but sure. yeah, no. Mm-mm. Man. Girl. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so get her off the baggage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so before we wrap up, I would love to know, just like moving forward, you know, personally within your circles, within the mm-hmm. industry, um, media, what do you want to see people attempt to do? in terms of, you know, kind of bridging the gap with, you know, racial equity and inequality and all that things. Because obviously, you know, recently we're having a lot of issues with the Asian American community, oh, and God. obviously the Black community, and there's just so much going on. And, you know, I, I made a post on TikTok. I was like, if all the marginalized groups would just get together, we probably end this white supremacy thing, right? Over, yeah. <laughs> so for mm. you personally, you know, what would you like to see? What steps would you like to see taken in the next year, let's say?
1: first of all, listen, I need to see some listen. Here's some, you have people listen to the P and you don't have to say anything back. Yeah. You don't, there isn't, you, you don't have to find a platitude to say, well, I'm with you, girl. I'm, I'm an ally. Stop with the ally stuff. Do it. Stop the performative Mm, activism. Get, you know, because I think I posted the other day something about, you know, I'm tired of teaching. Uh stop waiting for people to tell you how to help. Look it up. L- watch, look at all these news stories. There's there's resources out there. Just people to get get off of get off of, <laughs> off of their social media and do something in real life. Yeah. Because until, you know, and speak up speak up to that racist friend speak up to that sexist friend. you know you can't sit there you're gonna have to get uncomfortable i want people to get to be uncomfortable because it's no it's not going to go anywhere until people get uncomfortable and are willing to to speak up and say something yeah you know that's and i'm talking at work you have to figure out how to do it, you know. Granted, I don't want people losing their jobs, but I'm just saying there are ways to let somebody know that what they're saying is not okay. That you just have
0: to do it. You have, you have to do it. it. You, you got to jump in the pool. to lose a friendship or lose a family member. Like you don't want that
1: person in your life anyway. If and I think two, they are exactly. And I think too, people think that it has to be a confrontation. It really doesn't it's as simple as acknowledging something that the person has said, that's not okay. Right. Like, Oh, even it's all even down to, Oh, so that's how you feel. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you don't have to say you big fat, r-. you don't have right, to do right, it. right, It's right, none right. of that. I mean, cause families have been torn apart. People have like separated over mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be, Trust me, it doesn't have to be confrontational. Everything does not have to be a confrontation. You you just kind of have to, you know, zap somebody into reality like, oh, they're actually listening and they don't like what I just said. Right, right. And just be ready for whatever, if, they could, if they're a jerk, be ready for that. If not, you may have changed somebody's mind about something, what and they say. As simple as that. It's yeah. as simple as that. Awesome.
0: Well, Connie, thank you so much for joining me. What do
1: you have coming up? Anything that we can see you on? I uh, just finished vocals on my very first single that I'm going to (laughs) do. I've never done one. So what kind of genre? genre? (sighs) (laughs) You're like, let me think about that. That's a good question. (laughs) Reminds me of Melissa Manchester stuff.
0: Okay. Very cool. All right. Awesome. It's kind of like a little pop rock, like a little soul stuff okay well something in there yeah. yeah and when are you planning to release that
1: hopefully in the next couple months awesome. my fabulous friend terry Woman wonderful and where yeah. can they follow you um i'm right now on instagram instagram the connie jackson
0: the, this is only one of you there's only one.
1: <laughs> just me. I love
0: it. Well, thank you so much. I you know, we could talk for hours because I know, right? We just could talk for hours. Exactly. Uh so make sure you follow Connie and if you watch Snowfall, catch her on the next episode. And if you're not subscribed to We Need to Talk, make sure you do that. Hit that subscribe button, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.